Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Mixed? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I am so happy to be here this morning. We, uh, we just got back on Friday uh, from a, a 12, how many days was it, hon? 12 days? 11 days? It was somewhere between 5 and 20 days <laughs> in Mexico. And uh, the first part of our trip was um, a Joy Church Pastor Summit. So those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Joy Church, there's actually four of us. There's Joy Eugene, that's us. Uh, Joy Church Grants Pass, Joy Church Medford, and then Joy Church La Paz, uh, down in La Paz, Baja, California, Sur. And so we were down there uh, at a place called La Ventana. It's a famous kite surfing area. There's a beautiful house there. And the, the Joy Church pastors gathered. It was like a mafia meeting of all the pastors coming together. Uh, but we weren't there for crime, obviously. Um, talking about just the wonderful things God wants to do through the Joy Church movement. We talked about church planting and all that wonderful stuff. So I am so pumped about that. Uh, but, you know, every week when we're gone missing a, a Sunday, I just, I crave being here back with my church family. Like, I just love you guys. I love being here. Bethany and I, you know, we're the pastors of Joy Church, but like, this is our church. And so I preach on Sunday, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm listening too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is our church. And so, man, I love you guys. We're so excited to be here. And uh, hopefully you're excited to be here. I believe God is going to move powerfully in your life today. Um, I just wake up with expectation every Sunday to be here with you, anticipating the love and fellowship and community and also just what God is going to do between us and in us and through us. Um, last week, Pastor John Gallinger, is he here today? You hear John? Wave at me. Dude, you crushed it. Thank you so much. Amazing. So, John, you didn't realize this, but you were preaching in the Cabo San Lucas airport last Sunday. Well, actually, it was on Friday because I, I, I didn't have a chance to watch the service live. So I was watching the replay and I had it turned up all the way on my laptop, you know, so people that needed the gospel would get it there in the airport. And uh, I was there at the Starbucks. I had all my gadgets plugged in and I was listening to the message. Thank you so much. We got to have you preach more. So powerful. How many of you just appreciate John and Lee? And thank you. So incredible. I was, I was encouraged and I thought, gosh, I better work on my preaching because if, if, if he's, you know, preaching this good, I got to up my game. And, you know, it's just mutual appreciation here. Uh, you guys, um, we're in a series called, you've heard it said, we're talking about Jesus' uh, famous manifesto, his famous message, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I think that it's, it's so applicable and, and valuable with what's happening in our world today. Um, I don't know about you, but I've just been watching the news and reading headlines and, you know, in between tacos and stuff in Mexico, like seeing all the, you know, the horrible things happening and with war and all of this. And my heart's just been heavy. And it's not just even the heaviness of what's happening. Um, it's also the fact that it's so confusing to try to understand what's real, what's not real, what side am I supposed to be on? I mean, like, what do I do? How do I help? How many of you just been feeling maybe some of these emotions or, or thoughts? And, uh, and so I wanted to talk about today. I, I just, I think that as I was praying and meditating and, and just seeking God for the service today, I felt like the Lord say, just go a different direction um, in, 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 in not just carrying on with the series, but really looking into not the problem, but the solution. The solution to the problems of this broken, sin-saturated world is, the God, is God's kingdom come to earth. You know, as we look into the Sermon on the Mount, it's this, I use the word manifesto, 
Jesus is not giving a political ideology. He's not giving a social uh, ideology. He's, he's laying out what it looks like to be a citizen of a completely new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And it says in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news. Somebody say good news. Good news. The good news of the kingdom. He healed every disease and sickness among the people. Jesus did two things in his ministry. He preached repentance. He said, repent. And be baptized, you know, and turn and come into the kingdom of God. This word repentance means that you're going one direction and you turn and you go a different direction. So Jesus was saying, you're going your own way. Maybe you think you're right. Maybe you know you're not. Whatever level you fit in. But you need to stop going your own way or the, the ways of this world. And you need to enter into God's kingdom. And this declaration, we're told by the biblical writers, was always good news. Uh, Jesus was giving us an invitation to come into God's way of doing things. And the reality is when we look at the world around us, we look at the brokenness and we see tyrants rampaging and tanks rampaging and lives being destroyed and maybe even us in our position in the West sort of feeling the fading empire of America, maybe not so much so powerful and so strong and so intimidating as it may have been even just a few years ago or whatever. There's fear, there's insecurity and all this stuff. And I feel like the Lord just said to me, talk about my kingdom because we're not... Americans first, we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're not global citizens first, we're citizens of a nation. We're not taking a side, we're taking the side, taking the cause up of Christ and his kingdom. And that is the solution, God's kingdom come to earth. We're going to talk about this a little bit later in the series about the Lord's prayer. Literally, Jesus answered, how do we pray, Jesus? He said, this is how you pray. You start by saying, Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, may your name be kept holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God, the kingdom of God from heaven come to earth is the purpose of Jesus' ministry. Are you with me? To see God's kingdom come. It's so easy to get caught up and wrapped up into the problems of this world and take sides and get up in arms or whatever. And what we need to come back to today is that we belong to this kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And so we're going to focus on that today. We're going to do things a little bit different. Uh, we're going to watch a, a short movie here, a quick four-minute video clip that I think expresses what the kingdom of heaven is and, and what Jesus was up to. And then I'm going to share a couple thoughts, and then we're going to end with, I'm going to sing a song for you. Uh, and uh, I'll play the piano as well. It would be weird if I just sit, stood here and, oh, but I'll, I'll play the piano. Um, is that okay with you, Todd, if I do that? Is that cool? All right. Um, and what I want to do is, is today I want us to, to reflect the fact that we in the church are the embassy of heaven. We are the, the, the family of God and we are called to be a light into this world. Um, I want us to sort of sit in this moment of being God's kingdom and we're going to understand what that means watching this video. I'll give you a couple thoughts. And we're going to pray and intercede for our world. Uh, I, I'm being careful not to preach my message right now, but we're going we're gonna to do that today. So uh, join with me. I'm excited. Let's watch this film. Go ahead, Robbie. You can play that. There's this beautiful poem. It's in the book of Isaiah. The city of Jerusalem has just been destroyed by Babylon, a great kingdom in the north. And all of these Jewish people, they've been sent away into exile, but a few remained in the city. And they're left wondering, what just happened? Has our God abandoned us? Right, because Jerusalem was supposed to be the city where God 
would reign over the world to bring peace and blessing to everyone. Now Isaiah had been saying that Jerusalem's destruction was a mess of Israel's own making. They had turned away from their God, become corrupt, and so their city and their temple were destroyed. Yeah, everything seems lost. But the poem goes on. There's a watchman on the city walls. And far out on the hills, we see a messenger. And he's running towards the city. He's running and he's shouting, good news. And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet? Yes. The feet are beautiful because they're carrying a beautiful message. What's the message? That despite Jerusalem's destruction, Israel's God still reigns as king, and that God himself is going to one day return to this city, take up his throne, and bring peace. And the watchmen sing for joy because of the good news that their God still reigns. Now in the New Testament, we find this same phrase, the good news. It's the Greek word euangelion, and it's also sometimes translated with the word gospel. So when Christians say, do you believe the gospel, they mean, do you believe the news? But not just any news. In the Bible, this phrase is always about the announcement of the reign of a new king. And in the New Testament, the Gospels use this phrase to summarize all of Jesus' teachings. They say that he went about proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom. So Jesus saw himself as the messenger, bringing the news that God reigns. Yes, but the way that he described God's reign, it surprised everybody. I mean, think, a powerful, successful kingdom. It needs to be strong, able to impose its will, able to defeat its enemies. But Jesus said the greatest person in God's kingdom was the weakest, the one who loves and who serves the poor. And he said that you live under God's reign when you respond to evil by loving your enemies and forgiving them and seeking peace. This is an upside-down kingdom. Now, Jesus also said that this kingdom was arriving with him. Yeah, so for example, there's this really interesting story where there's a high-ranking Roman officer, and he comes to Jesus begging him to heal his servant. And he even calls Jesus his Lord, acknowledging that Jesus is his authority. Jesus praises this man for recognizing what no one else yet had, that not only was Jesus announcing God's kingdom, he was the king. And so the word gets out that this Jewish man from Galilee is talking and acting like he's the king of Israel. He's appointing 12 disciples, which are an image of Israel's 12 tribes. He's healing people forgiving people their sins. And all of this so threatened Israel's leaders that they finally decide to have him killed. And Jesus let them. Yeah, which is a weird thing to do if you're trying to become king. That's right, but for Jesus, this is what had to happen. Jesus saw the sin and the devastation of his people Israel as just one small part of the entire human condition. How all humanity has rebelled against God, resulting in the tragedy and devastation of our whole world. So how is God going to bring his reign over such a world? Jesus believed it would be through an act of sacrificial love for his enemies. This is why in the Gospels, Jesus' crucifixion is depicted as his enthronement as the king of the Jews. Yeah, he receives a crown. He also receives a robe. He's exalted up, not onto a throne, but onto the cross. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. And the good news now is that Jesus has defeated 
death and that he reigns as king, that he's dealt with our sin and corruption himself and that he's conquered it with his life. I think the movie's over. <laughs> Did you guys have the last little bit of it or are we good? We'll, we'll call it good. Okay, we had a, a little bit of a thing. I'll finish it off for you. I can't say it as well, but Jesus conquered death and ushered in a new kingdom and he's the king. Come on, say amen. You know, when, when pastors need to stall for time, they do the say amen. That's what they say, right? Just in case you didn't know how it works. How many of you think that's pretty cool, that video, um, talking about the kingdom of heaven? You know, as, as I was thinking about everything going on in our world, the, the war in Europe, and obviously this is just the latest thing because every year, every six months, there's a crisis, there's something going on. What it is reflective of is the fact that there is a real war happening but it's easy to miss the point of who the sides are. Because often we think that the enemy is this nation or the enemy is this political ideology or the enemy is this other person, maybe my coworker or whatever, even at a local level. And the real enemy is the kingdoms of this world uh, and Satan working through those kingdoms and through those powers of darkness against God's kingdom. And so today I want us to talk about two things. I want to share two thoughts about God's kingdom and how we can live this out faithfully as followers of Jesus and understand where we belong and how to deal with the difficulties and the confusion and everything in our world and faithfully live out this gospel message, this good news, this beautiful message that, that Jesus gave his life to make us right with God. Uh, number one is this, to remember your kingdom. Remember your kingdom. In the midst of everything going on, it's easy to forget which kingdom you belong to. You know, I think the thing about this crisis that we're sort of in right now in the world, and, and it's really just, it's really been clear for the past few years, is not only do we see evil at work and we know things are wrong, but on top of that, there's also propaganda and twisting of truth and twisting of things so you don't always know what side to be on and you don't always know how you're even supposed to act or feel and our culture will rush to embrace a cause, embrace kind of a, a perspective or an idea about something. And if you don't jump on that bandwagon, then you're looked at as the problem. But six months, it'll all shift and then you're on the right side at that point. Do you know what I'm talking about? And there's all this confusion and all of these, these kind of things. And I wanted to, I believe the Lord wanted me to share this with us as a church, that in the midst of all this, we need to remember that we don't belong to the kingdoms of this world and we don't dance to that tune. We are part of this new kingdom, the kingdom of God. That we, in the midst of all of this noise, we need to not get caught up in it. We need to be still and know that he is God. Be still and recognize that as the machinations and the movements of nations and the movements of ideologies and the movements of philosophies and all these things are like swirling all around us, that God is on the throne, that his, uh, his gospel, this good news is here for us to participate in now and to announce to everyone around us that we are part of the citizen, we are part of the kingdom of heaven. We're citizens of this new kingdom. Jesus said it to his disciples who really did not understand this, Throughout his entire earthly ministry, they thought Jesus was going to be a political uh, messiah. They thought that that change was going to come when the right candidate gets into office and takes power. They thought that the military would be the solution. They thought that the right, you know, social structure would fix the problem. And Jesus came and turned it again, like they said in the video, completely upside down. He said in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. 
If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, we need to remember what kingdom we belong to. You know, as I say these things, uh, I'm going to go fast and I'm struggling to not overshare because we're going to do a couple things today. But, um, but man, my heart is so, so moved to encourage all of us to root ourselves to what kingdom we are in. What identity do I have? I'm a son, daughter of God. I am saved by the blood of Jesus and I'm here to preach the good news and not to get pulled aside into causes and issues of the day. You know, it's interesting because through the last two years, we've had probably three or four major cultural uh, sort of issues that have risen to the surface. And if you've been a human being in America in the last two years and been alive and not in a coma, you would have, you, you would have lived through what I've lived through, which is that if you didn't embrace whatever cause or issue that society deemed to be the highest value at the moment, if you didn't fully embrace that with everything it entailed, then you were like ostracized and you were a pariah and you were part of the problem. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, even these words that we have in our world now, cancel culture. What an ugly, ugly thing. That if you don't f- jump into whatever the herd mentality says is the highest order good, at whatever moment it is deemed necessary that we can just eliminate you from the tribe, right? Now, the problem with that is that if we were perfectly morally good and in aligned with truth always as a unit, then that would be fine. Because if somebody's Jonah in the boat, chuck them out, right? But we live in a tremendously immoral culture with no root to truth, no root to reality, a culture that basically has no idea uh, about um, the, the deep questions of life and no answers, and yet has the absolute, utter, utmost moral judgment at these, these shifting tides through culture. And churches have gotten caught up into this. Pastors have gotten caught up into it. Christians have gotten caught up into it. And here's the answer. Do you need to be able to figure everything out and understand perfectly and figure out what cause and issue you need to support? No. Remember your kingdom. Your kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom that Jesus has invited you into, and if you are a believer, if you've been saved, that you've been brought into, is a kingdom that has a new purpose and a new destiny. Not to figure out what side to take, but to not take a side and to say, hey, I'm here to invite people to come to God. I'm inviting you to join this new kingdom. Come on, somebody. Jesus says in Matthew 16, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Why does he say this? Because it's easy to get deceived and easy to get confused and get too connected and rooted in and and, and build your life in this world and forget that your real citizenship is in another place. That your soul is not safe in this world. Whether you think you're right or you know you're wrong or you think, man, my My ideas about the world and what's happening are are the right ones. Maybe they are, but maybe they're not. Jesus says, don't think that you can be safe in this world, that you can build your life here. You might lose your soul. And he says this, what what, can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Is there any value that you would trade for it? No, is the the answer there implied. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's so easy, Christian, to look at someone else and go, well, they're the enemy. 
This other nation is the enemy or this other political, uh, the other political side of whatever you are, left or right, they're the enemy. They're the bad ones. And Paul says, no, that's not the real enemy. Your real enemy, if you're a Christian, your real enemy is Satan and the forces of darkness that do work through nations and do work through people and do influence the world. But we fight this battle in the spiritual realm. And the reality is every other human being is not meant to be your enemy. They are meant to be your brother or your sister. So ultimately, as we fight this battle, it's not to defeat or overcome or dominate someone else. It's to actually win them back through reconciliation into family, into God's family. And so I, 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 I uh, adjure you today, I challenge you today to remember your kingdom. In the midst of this noise and in our culture and every issue coming up and wars happening and this confusion and everything going on and we can feel hopeless, we can feel lost and swept, swept away in the, in the tide of, of events that are going on, what we need to do is say, wait a second, what kingdom do I belong in? My hope and my peace is in Christ and God is on the throne. My family is in his hands. My future is in his hands. Uh, that is my kingdom. God is on the throne. He's the rock of my salvation. Come on, is this speaking to anybody today? Because I know for me, I get so like messed up in my mind, messed up in my head, like freaking out. I'm opening my, I have a taco in one hand and my iPhone in another in Mexico. And, and, I, and I, I see these headlines of this nuclear plant is on fire and they're shelling this nuclear plant. It's like, what are we doing? What is going on? And, and then the feeling of helplessness. Like, what can I do? And the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me. What you can do is know your kingdom and know your place because maybe you can't do something about the world, but I'll give you the next thought. We need to represent our kingdom. Maybe you can see the problems of this world, but you can't do anything. What you can do is you can love your neighbor. I love that in, in the scriptures, it says in John 3, 16, it's like the verse we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? We all know this one, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It says in that scripture very clearly, for God so loved the world. You know, it's God's job to love the world. But Jesus tells us in Matthew, he says, your job is to love your neighbor. Oftentimes we reverse that and we hate our neighbor and we love the world. Isn't it interesting that we live in a culture, and if you haven't heard these terms, I'll kind of explain it, but man, we live in a virtue signaling culture. How many of you know what that means, virtue signaling? It's like whatever the cause, like six people do, that's awesome. So <laughs> maybe I'm on social media too much, I don't know. But virtue signaling is where we basically don't put our money where our mouth is. We just jump on board whatever cause is sort of right. Right now it's like stand with Ukraine, pray for Ukraine, which I, I agree, let's pray for Ukraine, 100%. But like, you know what we do is we're like, man, that sucks. Like these kids are getting like killed and there's war and I like, I feel really bad. So I'm going to put a flag in my bio and then like, how are the ducks doing? You know, it's vacuous. It's empty. It's virtue signaling. It's like, I want everybody to know that I care about what we're all supposed to care about right now, but there's no follow through. And here's what I want to challenge you with. As we represent God's kingdom, don't signal virtue, share virtue. You can't change the world. Like I have no ability to stop missiles, but you know what I do have the ability to do? Stop gossiping. I can't stop tanks, but what I can do is start sharing my table with a broken family in my neighborhood and invite them into the kingdom of God. 
And you go, well, don't we need to fix politics and all this? Well, like, yes, but can you do it? Because I can't. What we can do is be salt and light in our community. There's an old phrase that says, think globally, act locally. And I think as followers of Jesus, it's so hard to be able to see, oh, like, oh, the world is so broken and it's so bad. And yet oftentimes what we end up doing is we leave it at the virtue signaling level. It's like, man, the world's so bad. Ah, Lord, just help people. Amen. Okay, how are my stocks doing? And I don't think that's the heart of Jesus. That's not the heart of the king whose beautiful feet bled and whose hands bled and paid for our sins. That's not the heart of the king that healed the sick and came to this planet to overturn the the power structures that were oppressing people. It's not the heart of the king that came to give us this good news that God is inviting you into his kingdom. And it's not a remodel of the kingdoms of this world. It's a total rebuild. That it's a complete uh, uh, transformation That the kingdom of this world is about violence and God's kingdom brings peace. The kingdom of this world is about lies and God brings in truth. The kingdoms of this world are about choosing your side. And in God's kingdom, it's about uniting people at the foot of the cross in the blood of Jesus that makes us family, whatever gender, color, or socioeconomic tribe you belong to. And so the second thought is to represent your kingdom. You know, God's kingdom comes to earth through people. It comes to earth and it's represented by you and I as followers of Jesus. We are ambassadors. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This word ambassador, I looked it up and I found this on the internet, the source of all knowledge, good and evil. And it says this, it's an official envoy a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. In plain English, you carry the authority and the power and the agenda of the government or the kingdom you represent. As followers of Jesus, we are ambassadors and God's kingdom works through us. Do you know, I've, I've only ever been to joy groups where the people that made the food were human beings that were flawed and broken, that opened their home. They, were, they still had issues in their life. I've only ever gone to churches that were started and led by broken human beings who were just being faithful to God to do their best. I've only ever seen people come to Christ at like churches where everybody was not perfect. I've never been to a church that was led by the Holy Spirit or by like the angel Gabriel could you imagine if in like Eugene, it was like, well, you could go to Joy Church or you could go to like the Angel Gabriel's church. He plays ho- trumpet so well. It's like Phil Driscoll, you know what I mean? And it's like super spiritual because it's God himself doing it. And here's what I'm saying. Some of you are confused. Everyone's confused. Even I'm confused. But here's what I'm saying. God works through real people and he only works through people. He doesn't show up and go, hey, you know what, I started a church in Eugene and then some people will come and then I'll turn it over to them. He always works through people. Even when he looked at this planet, and he looked at our brokenness and our problem, God himself put himself into a man, Jesus. This is what we call the incarnation. Makes me want carne asada. <laughs> Sorry. And you go, Pastor Jake, what are you ranting about? I'm saying that if God, if you want God's kingdom to come to earth, like Jesus told us to pray, you've got to do it. Well, I just want to put a flag in my bio. Don't put a, put a flag in your bio, but like start a joy group. No more empty prayers. 
Let's not virtue signal, let's share virtue. God has put so much inside of you. You go, I'm broken. Yeah, welcome to the human race. I have flaws, me too. The difference between you and me is mine are just always on display on Sundays. Well, Pastor Jake, I don't know what to do. Then just take a first step and trust God and say, Jesus, let your kingdom come through me to this place. I'm an ambassador. Let me pump you up a little bit. You ever been to like a locker room and the coaches get you ready for halftime? You know, like we're going to go beat the other guys. Let me pump you up a little bit. You have the same spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you have the same spirit, the scripture says, that raised Christ from the dead. It dwells inside of you. So you go, well, who am I? (laughs) You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Like when you walk into the room and you feel insecure and you realize everybody there knows all your flaws and problems and stuff and your drama and business, but when you walk in and you're filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you're an ambassador of this kingdom of heaven and your feet hit the ground and love leaks out. When you you talk to people and your words come out, it's like Jesus is speaking to them through you. So represent your kingdom. You can't change the world, but you can change your world. Let's not feel helpless. Let's feel hopeful. Let's say, God, we, we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is torn by war. We live in a world that is, there's so much strife and division. And we can get so caught up in fighting the battles in this kingdoms of this world. We can think, man, now who's the big bad guy of the world now? And Russia, they're our enemies. Russia's not our enemies. Those are brothers and sisters that we need to see come to the foot of the cross. Is it bad to invade other nations? Yes. Is it bad when you sin? Is it bad when you lie? Is it bad when you're greedy? Is it bad when you're lustful? Yes, we're all part of the same problem. So we're not taking sides. The side is, did you come to a new kingdom and now are you an ambassador of that kingdom? I wish I was passionate about this. God wants to do something so meaningful in you and through you, but it's going to look so lame. You're going to feel lame. It's not going to feel spiritual. It's going to feel ordinary. But God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. And it starts with remembering your kingdom. Well, are you saying that we shouldn't be Americans? No, we should absolutely be Americans. I love America. But I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven first. And you know what you find paradoxically is that the better you connect with your heavenly kingdom and citizenship, the better American you are. The better Ukrainian, the better Russian, the better British person that you are. You're like, the better that you connect with Jesus and his heart for your neighbors, the better citizen of this earth you become. But when you don't seek first the kingdom of heaven, when you don't put that kingdom first, when you don't remember your kingdom, you end up actually being a bad citizen because you end up fighting the wrong battles and getting caught up in all the noise and you lose who you are in the midst of all of it. You lose your identity. So when you remember your kingdom, then, then you can represent your kingdom and say, I am an ambassador. You can preach the gospel to people. And like, I think it was uh, St. Thomas of Aquinas or no, uh, St. Francis of Assisi. It was some saint of something said, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Like this 
group of people right here, I don't even know how many of us there are, a couple hundred of us, like we have the power inside of us to absolutely change this community for good. Well, does that mean the Republicans get in or the Democrats get elected? Like who cares? Well, I care. Well, I care too. But I don't care about that as much as God's kingdom showing up here through real people who are submitted and saying, Lord, work in my life. Use me, God, to, to make a difference in this place. I want to see our world changed, but I know the answer is not going to come riding in on the American eagle or the Russian bear or the Chinese dragon or whatever. The answer came 2,000 years ago when a king showed up and said, everything that you thought it was going to be, it's not. But what it is, is so much better. Brothers and sisters coming together at the foot of the cross, sinners receiving grace and forgiveness and, and freedom and, and healing to walk and be able to say, I don't have to take up weapons against you. I can love my enemies and I can act like my father in heaven and I can represent this brand new kingdom. In the midst of this, as Christians, we're also not just called to sort of go, okay, I'm part of the kingdom of God. I'll just pray and lead a joy group. Like, no, we're actually here to be salt and light in a broken world and yes, see political change and yes, see social change and all of these kinds of things. But if we don't get this peace first, this peace right first, remembering our kingdom and representing our kingdom, then none of that comes after. What I want to do today is I'm going to play a song uh, uh, that I wrote about 10 years ago called Kingdom of Heaven. And I want us to participate in this. I don't want it to be a performance. I'm going to move back here and get on the piano. I don't want this to be um, just a song you listen to. What I'd like us to do is take the next five, 10 minutes and just spend some time interceding and praying uh, for the world and just inviting God's kingdom to come in and through us as we sing these songs. Would you just stand up with me today and we're going to finish with this. Oh, 
worship him today. are broken with the crisis and war and turmoil in our world. But Father, I pray that right now we would embrace our place as your sons and daughters and know our identity and place in your kingdom and that, God, we would take up the call to be your ambassadors. Not to take sides, not to pick up a weapon, but, Lord, to pick up the good news your kingdom and to live it out in our neighborhoods at our tables at our workplaces 
Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Here on earth. As it is. here this morning and you go, hey, I don't think I'm part of this kingdom that you're talking about. Not following the Lord. You haven't given your life to Jesus. I just want to give you an opportunity in this moment as we worship and we just seek God and invite him to come and show up in the brokenness of our world. This is a great moment to give your life to Jesus. So if that's you and you want to commit yourself as a follower of Jesus, we're going to give you more steps and things later, but Maybe right now your, your heart is kind of beating fast and you know, man, I want to be part of the, this kingdom of good news. I want to invite you to put your faith in Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life, the good and the bad. I confess my sin to you. I know that I've not lived up to your standard. But I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen.